0: I really think that I find more joy out of helping other artists develop their songs and develop their careers versus releasing my own music. And that's just a, a recent revelation that I had, like in the last couple of months, that I am so much happier watching and I feel so much more fulfilled,
1: you know? Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. What's up? I am so glad you're tuned in today to the female entrepreneur musician, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience and growing your business. I am Bree Noble and I am excited to be with you today and tell you about somebody I definitely think you guys need to know about because she has started an organization that I hope many of you will get involved in. Her organization is called Women Crush Music And their mission is very similar to mine at Women of Substance because it's all about promoting female artists. It's about providing a platform and helping them get exposure for their music. And their focus is more on live events. So they are producing showcases all around the country and even in Canada and possibly in the future in Europe and Australia and wherever they can get people to get involved with Women Crush Music. So I'd love for you to consider after listening to this interview, number one, getting involved as an artist and number two, getting involved as a volunteer and helping them start new chapters in your area helping provide volunteer support if there's already a chapter in your area. So she names all of the chapters in here, and we will also try to get them in the show notes as well. But make sure to go to womencrushmusic.com and check out how you can get involved either as an artist or a volunteer or both. Now, let me tell you a little bit about their founder, who is also, by the way, a musician, Ashley Curvabon. Ashley Kervabon started her music career as a singer and songwriter, previously going by the name Ashley XTina in New York City, where she was born and bred, but it wasn't until moving to Portland, Oregon, that she realized what her real mission was, writing songs for other artists and helping to advance them in their career. She is now pursuing this by leading the nonprofit organization she created, Women Crush Music. Now here's my interview with Ashley Kervabon. So that's a little bit about Ashley Curvabon. So Ashley, is there anything that we didn't mention in your short little bio that I read that maybe our listeners need to know about you? Anything that's a little more unique or personal or quirky?
0: Um, I think that the thing that I forget to mention the most these days is that I'm an artist first, and so you know all of this talk about me starting this nonprofit that's now international, and me having a background in PR and marketing, and I'm a puppy mom and all this other stuff. Um, I I started out as an artist, and that's ultimately what I think people need to get is that this organization that I'm I'm growing, I'm you know it's it was founded by an artist, it's being built by. Other artists, and I think that's what's what's really important about us. It's the foundation of it all.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what I loved when I first started finding out about you guys. Is obviously that's the same situation for me. Like I feel like I can't serve artists and I can't help and coach artists and promote artists without already having a background about being an artist and knowing what it's like to be the people on the other side and having that desire to to help and serve artists comes from being one yourself. Of course. But I think that's great. So, that's why I wanted to start off our interview talking about you as an artist. So, I wanted to find out how you got started in music and a little bit about that story. Oh,
0: sure. Um, so, I've been around music kind of my entire life. Um, the way I got into it on really separate occasions. Um, so, my mom's family is Mexican and uh, I grew up going to Mexico every summer for like months at a time, and my Mexican family is actually very music, musically inclined, and so I saw some of my cousins uh, taking music lessons, and with them, it was always kind of like a monkey see, monkey do thing, right? If my cousins were doing it, I wanted to do it too, and so mm-hmm. I would go to Mexico, pick up sometimes bad habits, sometimes good habits, and I would come back to the States, and that summer, I think it was like nine or 10, I was just like, Mom, I want a keyboard. I want to take piano lessons. And my mom, because she's always been super, super supportive of me, both my parents, um, she was just like, Okay, yeah, you got it. And so um, I got my first keyboard, little half size thing that I'd had up until I graduated college, actually. Not even weighted keys, nothing mm-hmm. fancy. And I just I started taking lessons. I did that for a year you should know this about me. When it came to music, um, I didn't really stick to one instrument or like one thing for a prolonged amount of time. And so I would go from piano. And then when I was 12, I found my dad's old bass guitar in his closet. And I was just like, dad, what is that? He never told me before, but my dad was in a punk rock band when he was about my age. So he was like, 24, 25. And, uh, I saw the really amazing, I didn't know what it was at the time, but um, an amazing conditioned Fender pre-CBS from like 1964 in the closet. And I was just like, dad, what is that? And I just started playing around with it. And my dad was like, whoa, like you're picking this up really well. Cause he doesn't really play anymore. Um, although I did tell him his, he should get his band back together for my wedding in May. <laughs> but yeah, I, I started picking the bass up and then I started taking lessons. And then that led to me auditioning for uh, LaGuardia Arts High School in New York. It's the high school that the movie Fame was based off of. Oh, okay. Um, And so I auditioned for LaGuardia and I got in. And while I was at LaGuardia, um, I... I played bass, I played electric, but I also played, they made me switch to the double bass. So I played in orchestra for like four years. But a lot of my friends were vocal majors and I knew that I could sing, but I was very, very shy. (laughs) And so it was kind of a, a little bit of a like my secret talent. I sang at a talent show when I was twelve once, and then I never did it again because I was like, "Oh my god, no, (laughs) (laughs) scary," (laughs) and much less like I was writing lyrics since I was twelve, and I never showed them to anybody Mm. Um, until um, I was about sixteen or seventeen. And um, there was this class at LaGuardia called New Music Singers, and it was like the all of the wannabe songwriters would audition with like an original song and they would take that class and so I was feeling really brave one day and I asked my friend Samantha to play guitar on this song for me because I didn't play guitar I just played bass and a little bit of keyboard and so she was like yeah let's do it and I we auditioned for the class and I actually got in to the class and then I chickened out and so I didn't take it oh no (laughs) And so that's kind of like my my history as a songwriter. Um, I didn't. So that was when I was 17. And I didn't actually end up performing my first original song in front of people until I was like 21. Wow. <laughs> so it took, took a little bit. Um, and then I went through like a series of two like all girl bands. I was in a girl duo and then an all girl rock trio in New York. And then I went solo and I released my solo EP. And now I just, I really, really like performing. I don't think I'd ever want to tour. I kind of imagine myself as like mainly a co-writer for artists now you know like some a lot of women crush artists here in portland like hit me up if they're having a problem if they have writer's block or mm. you know i just got a text last night from an artist named courtney no uh, when i first moved to portland almost 3 years ago she she was looking for a writer and she found me on craigslist and <laughs> now we're, now we're really great friends But, you know, she always hits me up when she's like, oh, the phrasing's not right. Can you fix it? Like, oh, I can't think of a melody for this part. Can you help me? And I really think that I find more joy out of helping other artists develop their songs and develop their careers versus releasing my own music. And that's just a a recent revelation that I had, like, in the last couple of months that I am so much happier watching. And I feel so much more fulfilled, you know, Mm. watching artists that I've worked with, like go from not knowing how to write a song, not knowing how to put out an EP. Then I work with them and they sell out a show and they're getting all this press and I, I couldn't feel more proud of them and honestly of, of me. (laughs) And yeah, so that's kind of my, my history a little bit.
1: That's really cool. So it sounds like you've really found your, your calling with, you know, working with other artists, you're still being able to use your creativity and your music knowledge and all that.
0: Yeah. You know, and yeah, it's definitely, I can definitely say that I, I feel very comfortable and confident that this is my calling. Um, not to say that I'm never going to perform again or, or release music again, because sometimes that is nice and it is kind of therapeutic. Like in November, I had my last official show as Ashley X which is the stage name I was going under for the last four years. And I hadn't written a song for myself in a while. And a couple of weeks before that show, I, I ended up writing a song called This Is Me. And it was literally like my story, like my musical journey. Mm-hmm. And it was really nice. And so at some point, um, when a woman crush is more stable and, and developed and all that jazz. Um, I would love to be able to record that just because it means so much to me. Not really. I, I would really like to release music for myself and not for anyone else.
1: That's cool. So h- how did you end up back in Oregon?
0: I actually, so I grew up in New York city. Um, I'm from there and in 2014, well, I should preface this with, I was a very like stereotypical native new yorker like new york's the best i'm never leaving <laughs> here like what else is there in the states i don't know because i really i really didn't know like i grew up in new york city in queens going to school in manhattan and working in manhattan and the only other really life i knew was going to mexico every summer mm. which is also like two completely different worlds right right but i had a cousin that that's been living in Portland for like seven or eight years now and in 2014 the year I graduated college she was like hey like you should come visit me we haven't seen each other in a while and it was my spring break and I was just like you know what I'm just gonna go visit my cousin because she promised to take me to every winery in in Portland (laughs) Sounds solid. <laughs> sounds like a good vacation. And so, <laughs> and so I came to visit her, and I actually I didn't know what to expect, but I actually really really liked it. Um, I was very freaked out by how nice people were here, and once I got used to like people saying hi to you on the street, and and people not like actually wanting to talk to you when you <laughs> when you're making small talk and actually caring about what you have to say. I told my cousin, I was like, hey, like things are going really well here. In New York, but if they if they ever weren't like, I would totally move to Portland. And literally a year to that date, I called my cousin. I was just like, "Hey, so I'm gonna come stay with you for a few (laughs) And that's kind of how that happened. It was like April of 2015, and I stayed with her for a couple of weeks. And she had an extra bedroom in her apartment, and she was like, "You can just stay. You don't even have to go back to New York." Like you can live with me for until you like get your bearings or really just stay for however long you want. And I ended up going back to New York reluctantly because I didn't want to. (laughs) Um, I ended up going back to New York and staying until July. So I like worked my butt off and I saved a good amount of money because I didn't know what I was going to do when I got to Portland. Um, I was waitressing full time because, you know, that's the New York way when you're a musician. Um, And so I figured that Portland's a foodie town, like I can totally get a waitressing job, which is what I ended up doing at first here, just because it's easy money and so flexible. And it's a good way to meet people too, when you're that's true, you know, when you don't know anybody. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got here. And then, you know, not related. I went, back to New York reluctantly but that's actually when I ended up running into my uh high school sweetheart again for the first time in 5 years and now we're getting married so <laughs> so everything happens for a reason. <laughs>
1: that's amazing. Wow, he was willing to move to to Oregon?
0: Oh yeah, even though I told him not to. I tried to I tried to push him away a lot, but he is uh I'm really happy that, that he was persistent.
1: <laughs> That's really cool. Well, I, one thing that I love and I was really surprised by is that, you know, obviously we've just told your story and you're obviously very young, but yet you had this idea of starting a nonprofit to help musicians. So I'd love to find out how you got that idea and how did you get it off the ground?
0: Well, you know, um, so it's funny that you say that, like, I'm so young, like, how did you get this idea to start a nonprofit? But I actually, my idea to start a nonprofit has actually stemmed from college. So when I was in college, I was really, I had a blog, wasn't anything huge. I started it for a class, but I ended up really liking it. Um, And I was really big into like, you know, promoting healthy body image. And I would like, analyze pieces of of media for my class and talk about why that was damaging to like women and you know stuff like that and uh I really really wanted to start this nonprofit called that's what she said mm. um I, I wrote like a whole proposal for it and everything then I ended up like not wanting to do that because I wanted to like be a solo musician. <laughs>
1: that's so funny because actually I just um got all the music for our uh, Valentine's Day shows on women of substance and one of the songs is called That's What She Said.
0: Oh my goodness. That's so funny. <laughs> um but yeah I really wanted to start this nonprofit that was like helping women via like photo shoots and and we'd go to different schools and talk to young girls about like body image and, and being healthy and you know, stuff like that. And, uh, and yeah, and so I kind of always wanted to just help people in my own way. And it just kind of like, makes sense now everything that I have enjoyed doing my entire life for it to now be a thing that I'm doing pretty much almost full time. Because I've always liked the idea of a nonprofit being in my life. I've always liked curating shows. And even when I was in New York, I was only doing like, all uh, women bills. It was just something that I always liked to do. And as far as like how I got it off the ground, um, it really just happened so naturally. And I, I think I just got very lucky um, and not even that lucky. I shouldn't say it like that because clearly it has taken off because something like this is needed right now and in this industry like just a place for women to get together and I mean you know this I don't have to explain this to you obviously <laughs> you, like, you know the deal um and so yeah that's really that's really it like it's it's an unfortunate thing that that something like this is so needed but it's also really great that I was the one to to be able to really kickstart woman crush. And now we have a team of 22 volunteers. Yeah,
1: I was like, wow, look at this. First of all, you're so organized. If you go to your web the page, they've got like bios on all these people that, you know, are have different positions and that's just amazing.
0: Oh girl, my team was hustling from uh-huh. October through December, but yeah, I just I I got really lucky with the the people that reached out to me saying that they wanted to help because you know everyone says that they want to help until help is actually needed. Mm-hmm,
1: that's <laughs> so true. So, like, oh, it's so. such a great idea, but then when yeah. it comes down to actually doing the work,
0: yeah. But I actually got you know these these twenty two people on my team are so they're just badass. Ladies and with, mm. with a couple of dudes, the men behind yeah. Women Crush are important. I saw Let's a few guys forget about them. Yeah. Let's not forget about them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's cool. So explain what Women Crush actually does for artists. Sure. So
0: um, in terms of what we're doing right now is that in all of our cities we have a combination of showcases that we want to happen. Um, every other month and those showcases spotlight local rising artists Um, we usually have about three or four of them per show and you know in Portland and in New York uh, because those are kind of what I considered the the headquarters and the cities that I developed first you know it's gotten to a point where people are really interested and and they'll They'll just come out because they know it's a woman crush show and we have writers that come out and uh, booking agents that come out. And so it's a really cool thing because since woman crush is getting to be a known brand, I guess um, people will come out and these artists will leave with other gigs or with at least a little bit of press you know, mentioning their name. And I think that's super cool that we can even offer that right now. Our first Portland showcase was on Wednesday and I'm still over the moon. We, we packed our new venue with like close to a hundred people. So wow, really, really amazing. So uh,
1: how do you, how do you do it? Do you, is, you know, do the artists get paid? Are there tick Is there ticket costs? Is it just all about goodwill? You know, how do you So
0: this is, so this is really a city dependent. um, And this is one of the things when I was setting everything up with my team, when we talked about expanding into different cities, how each city was going to run, you know, it's impossible to think that how I run the Portland chapter is going to be how I run the New York chapter or how the Austin chapters one is going to be the same as how we run Missoula, you know, just one, the cities are different sizes and just the, the scene in the, I want to say, like, the economy of the industry is different, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. It makes sense. That is really city-dependent. Um, but the important thing to know is that Woman Crush doesn't take any, like, kind of promoter fee or anything like that. We're, we're a nonprofit, so that's not a thing. Unless artists don't want the money and they want to give it to the organization, which is fine. <laughs> but in Portland, uh, we are working with a venue called the White Eagle And they give the artists a percentage of the bar. And that's most of the venues in Portland, actually. They are doing that now. And they can put out a chip jar and sell merch and all that stuff. And all that money is theirs. Um, And then, as far as New York and a lot of the other cities go, um, they're charging like a small cover charge, like five, 10 bucks. I think 10 bucks is like the maximum that we want to do right now because we want it to still be affordable for everyone to come out and support, you know? But we also want the artists to make a little bit of money. For sure. Eventually, the goal uh, once Women Crush gets funded, you know, we're working on a proposed budget for when we can get uh, any type of corporate sponsorships or anything like that. Um, our our idea is we want to at least pay the artists a, a base pay, and you know, figuring out how much that is will depend on how much money we end up getting. Right. Right. But, but we'd at least want to be able to pay the artists a base pay, and then also pay the chapter leaders. Um, at least, uh, uh, you know, they're volunteers, so they won't be staff, but they, at least they will get a a stipend for food and drink and transportation for all the events that they do. So that's just one of the goals that we have. Um, And then, yeah. And then as far as the the other kinds of events go, a really cool thing that we are uh, going to start doing is host uh, workshops and networking events. And so uh, for February, we had this idea of doing a Galentine's Day meetup across all of our city. (laughs) And so here in Portland, we're actually, I'm giving you a little insider information because it's not even confirmed yet, but we are reaching out to a a woman-run open mic here in Portland, and Galentine's Day happens to be on a Tuesday, and that's the day that she hosts her open mic. So I think it would be really, really cool for all of us to just do like a, a... really chill meet up there and, and have some fun and play some music, no pressure of doing a show or anything like that. Just go in a hang out and have a good time and really create that sense of community that we're trying to, that we're trying to build. So yeah, that's it.
1: That's awesome. So I'm curious because I've, I've done a few showcases before for women of substance and number one, it's a lot of work. Um, and that's why mm. I don't do them now because I don't live in those locations, and it's hard to run it from away. But first of all, how do you choose like which artists are you know you're going to showcase? Obviously you, you need to keep the quality up so you do audition, do you have people them submit music? How, or do you have people like scouting them out live, or what do you do?
0: So the way it's working now, um, and this is all based off of what I learned from running Woman Crush like unofficially for about a year in Portland, like curating showcases and, and stuff like that um, and in New York. And so we give the chapter leaders tools to use. Like we have a, like I said, we're pretty organized. We have like documents for everything, like booking guidelines and pitch guidelines and all That's this good. stuff to help the chapter leaders. Um, because, you know, a lot of them do have booking experience, but some of them don't and, and they need a little bit more support and we are here for that. So the way I like to run the showcases and and book them and, you know, we don't have any rules at woman crush. Right. But uh, I always suggest this because I think people like it is one. I don't do just one genre. I think Mm -hmm. that it's important for us to be diverse in that. Um, And then, you know, here in Portland, it's usually four artists. And so I like to have at least one or two like baby artists, right. The ones that are just starting out and, And the ones that are, that really just want to find a space to play because they don't know because they just got into the industry and they're still looking for, for opportunities. And then I like to have like one, like medium level band and then one big size band. But really the important part is, is that they believe in the, in the cause. Um, And because when now we have like an artist submission form on the website, and I think that'll be super, super helpful. Um, We have, uh, you know, my assistant is like really the main screener and she will pass along those submissions that we get to the correct chapter leader and then we we go from there. But really what we look for is artists that are dedicated and that really want to be a part of this community because, you know, we do want to help everybody, but unfortunately there's not enough time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. to, to help every single artist out there. Um, and we really want to make sure that, that the people that we're letting into these showcases are, are dedicated and, and want to help each other, not just help themselves.
1: That's so, important. that's so that. important so. to learn as an artist is to, you know, not just be out for yourself because you're going to get so much farther. I always say like, you know, all boats rise with the tide. And I think that's what we're creating both of us with our communities is, it's not all about me. It's, mm-hmm. I help others and then, you know, they want to reciprocate because I help them. And, you know, it just, it's this circle of awesomeness when it's working correctly.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And so that that's really the main thing. Like, yes, we want people to, to sound good on stage. And yes, we want people to, but like drawing a crowd is nice, but Thankfully here in Portland, we kind of have like a built-in crowd because people know about us now. But yeah, we just really want, we want good talent that, that want to support each other.
1: That's awesome. So what, what are your, some of your future plans for, for expanding? Like what, what cities are you in now? Where are you looking to expand to and what kind of events are you looking to add? Okay.
0: Um, (laughs) That's a lot of (laughs) questions. It is a lot lot of questions. (laughs) We are in about 13 cities right now. Wow.
1: I had no idea uh, it was that many.
0: Yes, we are in 13 now as of 2018, and I am very, very excited. And so we actually just had our first board meeting last weekend. And uh, I what we decided would be best is for us to really be able to develop these cities in the next six months. I want each city to have at least three team members obviously like the bigger cities might need a little bit more support, um, so that the chapter leaders don't feel like super, super overwhelmed. Also, it would be nice to, to get some interns because I feel like this really is a really good learning experience for, for everyone, even me, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, and I would love to be able, I really like the idea of being a mentor for like younger, younger ladies. And so I would, just love to be able to do that. And also, you know, the more people we have on our team, the more things we can do. And I feel like right now, a lot of the cities want to focus on the showcases because they feel like that's something that's needed there. But I think that the networking events and the workshops are just as important. And so having more people on the team would be, we'd be able to execute those plans more efficiently, I guess. And then, as far as future things go, uh, or future expansion, well, we're in thirteen cities right now.
1: I would you mind, since this is audio, would you mind listing what cities you're in?
0: Sure, sure, sure. Um, so we are in. Uh, I just hope I don't miss any; that would be very embarrassing. <laughs> so we are in uh, Portland, New York, Nashville, Missoula, Chicago, Austin, San Jose, San Francisco, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, New Orleans. Oh my goodness. Vancouver, BC. I think,
1: did I miss any? I'm not sure. That's a lot of cities. That's awesome. It's a lot of cities. (laughs) Um, So obviously we have, did you say LA? Are you in
0: LA? We are in LA. That is the one that I missed. I'm so sorry.
1: You've got to be in LA.
0: (laughs) I know I was literally like just, just talking about them too. (laughs) But yeah, so those are our current cities. Uh, We'd really like to develop them this year as far as expansion goes. We are in one city in Canada now. I'd love to get more into the main cities of the U.S. and Canada. But what my heart really wants to do right now is to expand to Mexico. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have to. You know, it's it's my... Not only one is it super needed down there because they have a great music scene in in Mexico City, Guadalajara, um, where my mom is from, Morelia, like it's becoming kind of like the Portland of Mexico. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they have all of like the food festivals and the film festivals down there now and it's it's so crazy because 10 years ago it was totally not a tourist destination and now it is. Wow. And it's so exciting to see it grow. Uh, the traffic is not amazing, but, but it's so exciting to see it grow in that way uh, culturally. And, you know, machismo is unfortunately a very real thing in Latin American countries. And I can only speak for Mexico because I've only ever been there a bunch of my life. Um, and when my cousins heard about Woman Crush, uh, I went there in September and I saw them. They were like, we want to bring this here. Uh, how do we do this? <laughs> and so, you know, hopefully, hopefully by, you know, beginning of 2019, we'll be able to really make that happen, Um, get it started in in some cities in Mexico. So that's kind of like, in terms of short-term goals, like one-year plan, like I'd love to be able to do that.
1: That would be cool. That would just be like full circle for you.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then who knows, like I I got a couple of emails from from people in Europe and people in Australia that find our site and want to bring Woman Crush to to their city and I'm, I'm over the moon about the interest. It's just uh, smart growth
1: is what we're really trying
0: to do. Yeah, you don't like want to
1: expand it. too fast and then you can't handle it. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And, you know, obviously I want to be able to get some funding so that we can continue to do what we're doing, but do it better. Right. <laughs> Like, you know, the money would go towards paying the artists and hopefully getting some photographers and videographers on board so that artists can leave with content uh, to put up on their sites or, you know, live footage is so, so important when you're applying to festivals and all For that. Sure. Job. And so I really want them to be able to have something aside from like 30 bucks from a showcase and, yeah. <laughs> and like some press. Yeah. Um so making things better for the artists and making things better for, for the team and also just awareness like that money would really help with like advertising and marketing costs and, and, you know, but, but yeah, that that's
1: really it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, We have obviously a ton of female listeners listening to this show. So if they want to get involved, if, you know, it's not in their city and they want to help bring it to their city, or if it's in their city and they just want to get involved and volunteer and help, how do they contact you for that?
0: Sure. Um, So they can go to our website, um, our website is recently updated, thanks to my lovely team. Like I said, looking great. Yes, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. And um, yeah, there's actually forms on there for everything. Uh, there's artist submission forms. There's, uh, if you want to be a chapter leader, there's a form for that on there. And if there isn't a form, uh, music at gmail.com. Just reach out and say hi or say hi via our Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter. It's all at music. Um, there are plenty of ways to get involved. If you can't think of anything, don't worry. We have a team for that. <laughs> they will place you. <laughs> um, so yes, at the end of the day, the, the takeaway is please reach out to us because we want to hear from you.
1: And do you have an email list there too if people just want to know like when the showcases are so they can go to them?
0: Yes, we do. We just launched our newsletter in January. We will be, we will be sending those out, uh, general newsletters every month. So
1: Cool. That's I mean I would love to San Jose and San Francisco are about three, three and a half hours away from me. So I'm like, hmm, maybe I should find out when those are. I'd love to Oh yeah, that's awesome.
0: Them. Yeah, that's awesome. Um I will I will definitely connect you with uh, our chapter
1: leader uh, out there. She's she's great. Cool. You know you're so into helping musicians and really um, giving them the resources that they need. Are there any resources that you would recommend to our listeners? And I always ask this: either books or websites or anything that have really helped you, either in writing music, the business of music, or like self development for musicians.
0: Um, so if you're a podcast person, I am. Uh, I am a new. I am
1: definitely a podcast person. <laughs> um,
0: you were actually on this podcast. I listened to it, uh, the Break the Business podcast. Oh, I love
1: that podcast.
0: So a little secret, um, Women Crush Music is taking over the podcast for the next two weeks, so stay tuned. What? Oh, I got to listen. Um, okay. So um, so yeah, so that's happening. I really, really love Ryan. He's great. And it's, as far as books go, um, I would say read what you want to be, like read books by people that you that you idolize or like that you can imagine like your career is similar to theirs. Um so when I was starting Woman Crush and even now I am really, really into reading books by other women who have like started a huge business or are CEOs of their their company now. Um I'm reading Big Magic right now by Lisa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. Mm. Um one of my top books of uh, 2017 is uh, Confessions of a Serial Songwriter by Shelley pikin Oh, my! Oh, God. I haven't
1: heard of that one.
0: Oh, you've got to get on that. It's so <sighs> good. She wrote so many, like, if you're a woman and you're a songwriter, like, Shelley feels you. And she has written for some really amazing, huge artists. Uh, she wrote a bunch of songs for Christina Aguilera, uh, Meredith Brooks. Like, she's she's dope. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend uh reading books by other artists. Uh Sarah Borelli's book is really good also. She has yeah. a
1: book. I didn't even know that. I've got a I'm I'm not a big book reader. Like I'm a very big podcast reader and podcast listener mm-hmm. and you know like audio books just because I try to multitask.
0: <laughs> yes. Um it's called it's called uh Sounds like me. Okay. Um, Love Sarah
1: book. Bareilles. Okay.
0: And yeah also documentaries. I like- <laughs> I'm gonna sound like such a nerd, but I love Lady Gaga's documentary that she that she really? just put up on Netflix. Yeah, I love it. Oh, I haven't I love seen it yet. I love her, Lady Gaga. If you're listening, uh, <laughs> let's be best friends. <laughs> and also, Demi Lovato's uh, YouTube documentary is really good as well.
1: Oh, okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Good too. I've never seen. I love music documentaries.
0: Oh yeah, they're great. They just, they're very real stories, you know, nothing glamorous about it. They they show when they're in pain, when they're, when they're angry, you know, they talk about the ugly parts of themselves, which I think is really important as an artist or as a human being to acknowledge and not be able to express that. Like, yeah, you need to accept all parts of yourself. So I really appreciate that they did that.
1: Awesome. Well, those are some great suggestions. I knew you'd be a good source of that. Um. (laughs) Thank you. So again can you recap um what's your website and what are your social media handles so everybody can know how to find you and connect.
0: Sure the website is womancrushmusic.com that's women with a n at the end and then all of the social media handles are at Music.
1: Thank goodness you got those. Mhm. Awesome. All right well thank you so much Ashley it's been really amazing to hear about your journey and how you you know just kind of learned that you love helping other artists and I definitely resonate with that, that journey and, you know, doing the whole music thing and then just realizing you love to help elevate other artists and that's what you're doing. So kudos to you. And thanks again for spending some time with me today. And I know our listeners are going to learn a ton and I hope they all go out and get involved with Women Crush. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by FEMusician.com and Femalemusicianacademy.com. With editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.